Welcome to All Are Welcome, an Evergreen Christian Church podcast. Today, we have a sermon for you. Please join us in listening. Scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 42 to 50. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands and to go into hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where the worms that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt amongst yourselves and be at peace with each other. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I had a congregant at Ellis Avenue Church who passed away on a Pentecost Sunday while I was serving there. His name was Mr. Jackson, but there was a Ghanaian truck driver in the congregation who gave him a trucker handle shortly before he passed away, and that trucker handle was Action Jackson. Uh, Mr. Jackson, if you can't tell by his trucker handle, Action Jackson, or you could tell just by talking to him, lived quite the life. He tended to the church gardens, and he beautified the front gardens with large sunflowers and all kinds of pansies and tulips and whatever he could get to grow there. And then in the back and side gardens, he grew food. He filled it with tomatoes and lettuce and spinach and peppers And it was the great joy of the kids attending Strive Tutoring Camp and Peace Camp to go into the garden and pick something off and eat it. It was kind of a novel thing for them. And usually, during the church retreat, Mr. Jackson would do a praise dance. (laughs) That was uh, quite the sight to behold. (laughs) But he wasn't always a praise-dancing garden planter. Mr. Jackson earned his trucker handle because, as I understand it, Mr. Jackson used to drive trucks for the mob in Chicago. (laughs) And even his involvement at the church didn't start with gardening and praise dancing, but he would help drive the kids from their houses to the church so that they could go to peace camp or tutoring camp or vacation Bible school. And there, Mr. Jackson would sit outside the church and he had a table set up, and he'd ask the kids what they learned or what the memory verse was, and he would give them a piece of candy if they said it right. But he still didn't attend the church, but eventually he was kind of coaxed in, and then he started gardening and dancing, and kind of became a different man, I think. Not that I knew him during his mob truck driving days, but I'm assuming it You change quite a bit if you're praise dancing on Sunday after driving the truck for the mob. Mr. Jackson's voicemail message, whatever it was, it always ended with him saying, don't let anyone steal your joy. 
It's a phrase he often used, actually. It's a phrase that stuck with me very strongly. Mr. Jackson was not wealthy. He was aging and his body was failing him by the time I knew him. He lived in a trailer and he was joyful. He was joyful. Christ's advice in this passage seems pretty harsh. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Pluck out your eye, take off your foot. It's better for somebody to be hung with a millstone and thrown into the ocean than to cause somebody else, a follower of Christ, to stumble. Now, I don't think he literally meant to hang millstones around people and throw them into the ocean or to literally cut off your hands, but it's still harsh advice. And then there's this part about saltiness, that salt is good, but when it loses its saltiness, it cannot be made salty again. Anybody who's accidentally used salt instead of sugar in a recipe or has put a tablespoon of salt or half cup of salt instead of a teaspoon of salt can tell you what salt does. But also if you eat in a bland dish, something that is just missing something, even though it has a million delicious ingredients, nothing kind of stands out, you know the effect salt can have. Because salt is one of the building blocks of taste. It brings out the best of all the other flavors. And if there's no salt in a dish, very often it's missing something. And if you've ever driven on the roads in the winter, you know what salt can do. Both in its ability to clear the road and make it drivable, also in its ability to destroy the road in your car and cause construction. Uh, In Ohio, they say there are two seasons. There's winter and there's road construction season. And that's mostly because of the salt. Have you ever gone hunting and you needed to preserve meat without having a freezer? Or if you eat beef jerky, you know the uses of salt. Salt dries things up. It can be an overpowering flavor, but it can also be that thing which brings all the flavors to their peak. It can melt away the ice, and it can also destroy the road. And in large quantities, it can ruin a dish. It can burn your tongue. It can even ruin your sense of taste for the day. And it could be a terrible experience, but it's also vital and necessary to have the best experiences in life. So the reaction when you use too much salt or the salt harms something is not to stop using salt altogether, but it's used salt in the right ways, at the appropriate times with amounts that don't take away or subtract, but rather enhance the flavors of a dish. Christ is pretty direct in this passage. If there's something in your life causing you to sin or to stumble or otherwise takes away from your ability to love and follow God, get rid of it. Now there's some subtext going on here according to rabbinical texts, but this still remains. It's a simple lesson. If something causes you to stumble, get rid of it. It's better to live life without that thing. Life is lived better when it's unhindered by those things which are roadblocks to us that are causing us to be less than all God is 
calling us to be. So Christ makes this point. Throw out that which is causing you to stumble, and then he tells us, salt is no use without its saltiness. The things that make salt, salt. The fact that it dries things. The fact that it brings out flavors and preserves foods and melts ice. That's what makes salt, salt. And in this time, in Christ's time, it was more difficult to obtain and maintain pure salt. Because there's always the risk that the salt would combine with another mineral and would lose its unique qualities. It would lose its saltiness, so to speak. And so, Christ says, throw out the things that are keeping salt from being salt. Since knowing Mr. Jackson, he's kind of tempered my reading of this passage. Every time he said, don't let them steal your joy, I thought of this passage, where Christ tells us to get rid of the things that cause us to stumble, where Christ tells us not to lose our saltiness. To not lose the things that make us unique, that help us to enhance life, help us to preserve and bring out the best in the people around us. And so often, Mr. Jackson's salt was his joy. And he would not let anybody steal that from him or from the people around him. Now, salt, if we're not ready for it, if we prepare it in the wrong ways, it can be overwhelming. And if it's misapplied and misused, it can make things worse. But the response is not to stop using salt. But it's to understand salt better. Understand how it fits into our lives better. And Christ says we cannot lose our saltiness. There's a scene in what's possibly the greatest movie of the 2000s. The seminal Jack Black film, School of Rock. If you have not seen this film, I swear, it's a great film. It's about a deadbeat guitarist who gets kicked out of his band and he can't pay the rent. And his roommate, who has a new girlfriend, uh, is kind of demanding him to pay the rent. He's not going to pay his half of the rent anymore. So his roommate is a substitute teacher and Jack Black is home because he has no job and he doesn't have a band anymore. And he gets a call that is meant for his roommate to be a substitute teacher at a prestigious middle school. And so he impersonates his roommate and pretends to be a teacher. And so he's uh, hungover and he's trying to make sure the class uh, doesn't rat him out and then they get sent to band. And he hears the children play in the school band and of course he gets the brilliant idea to form a band with these school-aged children and to perform in the battle of the bands so he can win the prize pool and then pay his rent. <laughs> but it really is a great movie. Jack Black helps these kids learn how to rock and roll and get through their insecurities and beat back their bullies and kind of gain the confidence that they were lacking. And there's this scene where Tamika, who's a shy girl, approaches Jack Black after class and asks if she can move from her role as a security person into a role as a backup singer and she's kind of timid and nervous and he says can you sing something for me and she pauses Jack Black says well you can't be a singer if you can't sing and then she sings Chain of Fools and he's just 
amazed by her. And now it comes time for the, uh, the audition for the Battle of the Bands, and she doesn't want to sing. And Jack Black asks her why, and she says she thinks people are going to make fun of her because she's fat. And Jack Black tells her, you've got something everybody wants. You've got talent, girl. This girl wasn't going to sing and be salt to the world because somebody else was causing her to stumble. She's going to hide her talent. She wasn't going to enhance the whole band because either someone else told her or she told herself that she'd be made fun of because she's fat. And somebody was trying to steal her joy and steal her saltiness. And I love what Jack Black says to her. He tells her, Aretha is a big girl, and when she starts singing, she blows people's minds, and everybody wants to party with Aretha. And then he admits, you know who else has a weight problem? Me. But when I get up on stage, people worship me. And Tamika asks, why don't you go on a diet? And Jack Black says, because I like to eat. Is that such a crime? <laughs> and that's a sentiment I can definitely relate to. The point is that there's something causing her to stumble. There's something trying to steal her joy and make her salt lose its flavor. And they both say, no, you're not going to steal my shine. You're not going to rob my joy. This is who I am, and the world is better because they decided to be salty. And Jack Black actually does in this scene what Christ commands his disciples to do, to have salt among yourselves. He encourages Tamika to show her saltiness to the world, helps her remove this timidness and this mindset that's causing her to not be all that God has called her to be. And Jack Black embraces Tamika for who she is, as Christ commands us to do with one another. In the Hebrew Bible, salt's used in many ways and represents many things, including representing covenants of friendship which were unbreakable. To have salt with one another is to unfailingly encourage each other to shine to the fullest, to let nobody steal our joy. And think about how much better life would be if we were salt to one another. Imagine how much better we would feel if we were encouraged to be ourselves, to show up and show out in ways that made life just that much more worth living. Just as salt needs to be salty to be salt, we need to be ourselves. I was kind of struggling when I wrote this whether or not to tie it to suicide prevention because as a pastor, I kind of straddle the line between knowing you all are smart enough to get it when I make the point, but also that the point is so important to be made that even if you get it, it should be said anyways. Think of how much it would do for our mental health. If we were not told to hide who we are, but rather the world embraced us for our uniqueness. Think about how far not just acceptance, 
but celebration goes in making people feel loved, making them know life is worth living, making them shine, giving them joy, recognizing them, and letting them know they're valued. And think of the many gifts that people have to give to the world, to our towns and our communities and our churches that are ignored because they seem too salty for us. And that's a shame. So friends, get that which makes you stumble out of the way. Don't let them steal your joy and be salt to one another. So let us hold up and celebrate those things that make us unique and realize that it's not too much saltiness, it's just we need to learn how to integrate the salt into our lives. Amen.